I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Uh, in case you haven't noticed, we have done a lot of Friday the 13th episodes lately. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't like Jason? I know, right? Well, anyway, you know, uh, so today we're changing it up with our first Halloween episode. In particular, we're going to talk about the underdog in the series, Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Second best what in the series after the original? Uh, this one is hit or miss with Halloween fans. Uh, you know, you either love it or hate it. Are ironic enough, I used to hate it, but Same. John actually swayed me. Um you're I welcome. dig it now. <laughs> um, and to top it all off, we have Stacy Nelkin here with us today. Stacy played Ellie in Season of the Witch. She's going to spill her guts to us in an exclusive interview. All that and more today on High on, on Horror. Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. Now it's time for Strain Wreck, the segment where John and I discuss which strain we're getting wrecked on in each episode. Today... We're smoking Space Jam again, because it's just that damn good. This shit elevates you for sure. (laughs) Super quality bud. Yeah, I mean, mean, we already talked about it once. I mean, it's some good shit. That's why we're smoking it a second time. I mean, I'm sure those of you listening can tell we are definitely on a higher plane right now. Um, you know what, dude? I was just thinking that. I don't know if it's the stratosphere or the ionosphere. <laughs> Look, I was thinking that, right? I was just looking at that bag and I'm like, man, I'm just so glad to like not have to be annoyed by street weed anymore. Like, like you remember like the days of everyone trying to say that everything was fucking sour diesel or headband. Everybody you bought weed from was it was either sour diesel or headband, and that shit was not sour diesel or headband. <laughs> headband sometimes but i feel like i i always got the same effect off of headband when i got it who knows if that really was headband it could have been some other strain that wasn't headband either way i like that one and um, a, a blue but uh, what about blue dream and blue cheese though uh, i mean those are those are another ones other ones that were just constantly like oh you want some blue dream girl like, scout cookies yeah this does not taste like the same girl scout cookies that i smoked like two <laughs> weeks ago and everything was uh cheeses i feel the- like yeah it was absolutely shit never tasted like cheese though <laughs> uh but this space jam bag i don't remember if i said it the first time i'm pretty fucking high but i don't why do we only have roadrunner that's the only only character on this bag he's the vip bro I, I, what i don't we did they gonna put lebron james on the bag of bud is that what I you're mean, expecting I mean, him dunking a nug that'd be amazing could you imagine him dunking the jersey a nug on the 33 bag? had different athletes on it they had like jerseys for canseco i think there was one for for my main man larry bird exactly so give it back to my man roadrunner roadrunner but space jam when you think of space jam bugs after bunny. how many characters do you name before you get the bugs bunny when space jam i'm thinking lebron michael jordan bugs bunny lola bunny Marvin the Martian. I'm all about that Marvin the Martian. Porky the Pig, the whole cast of the Monstars, the NBA legends they took the powers from, Don Cheadle. Uh, <laughs> 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 I don't even what, what the hell is his name? In, have, have you seen the new one? No, I've uh, not yeah. watched it. Nope. It's, I will say it's weird having uh, Don Cheadle as a bad guy. It's just weird. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't know, man. The bag's nice. It's nice and purple. You got Roadrunner. I think let the man have his bag. It it's works. It's nice, but again, I don't know. And only Roadrunner? 
I mean, obviously they weren't worried about copyright. They put Roadrunner on there. So, I mean, like, I can't get a Bugs Bunny, like, leaning against the, like, hoop around the ball or the ring around the ball. It could be, like, the Sub-Zero Gushers line in the Mortal Kombat line. You never know. Maybe they got a Bugs Bunny strain lined up. Maybe that's why. Maybe he's got his own bag coming. Well, Who if knows? they got one, I'll take it for free. <laughs> yeah, me too, but that ain't uh, like, like Like a screener, we get an advanced uh, copy. Yeah, we get to review the weed. That'd be amazing. <laughs> um, speaking of being really high, though, I remember the first time that I got high, man. Like, not high, but the first time that I got, like, really high. And that was when I had uh, train wreck for the first time. And, you know, you know me, man. I usually smoke all throughout the day. I remember them train wrecks back when you were, like, two houses ago. I remember yep. the train wreck. Yeah, and, and, and when I first had that shit, man, uh, like, I had it with my morning coffee at 8 in the morning. And I didn't smoke again until two in the afternoon. That shit fucked me up, and uh, and it lingered. That was the f- like that was the, the first strain that I had that really was like whoa. Like you know, uh, what about you? What's the first strain that sent you sailing? I was gonna b- before I get into that, I'm, I want to touch on coffee and weed. Man, I can't do that. Like, cause I I when I drink coffee, I end up having a big cup. And then, you know, when I smoke, I smoke a lot, man, like 45 minutes later, I feel like a meth addict or something. (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong. You people out there doing meth, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like way too wired, way too jittery. I was going to say the first time I smoked, um, was back in high school. I remember (laughs) I did, I did this kid's work assignment. He was like, yo, if I, if you do this for me, as long as I get a D, I'll give you some weed. I literally copied it from ESPN.com and left the images in this paper and she gave him a D minus. So I got weed out of it. And then I had like one of these little single hitter bowls. Like it was so tiny. I remember and, those. And my dumb ass is sitting there holding the metal part. I spark it and I go, oh shit. Cause it starts burning <laughs> my hand. But, uh, oh man, I feel like except for a few occasions like i've always had pretty good weed the people i i knew that were smoking when i first started smoking they always had like good shit and uh but i a strain that i could distinctly remember though is that fucking train wreck when you started getting that mm-hmm. that Dude, that's that why i just mentioned yes yeah, so, so <laughs> yeah. that's that's your that memory shit, too then. that's like the first specific strain but i remember like you know, I've told you when I got street wheat, they'd be like, oh, it's this, it's this. You used to care. And then like you were saying, there's so many times it's just bullshit. It's just whatever somebody wants to call it. So like, I never would ask. They just throw it. Like I said, Pineapple Express, just throw it in the bag, man. I don't care. <laughs> or no. no, no, I'm sorry. Grandma's boy. Grandma's boy. That's right. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, uh, train wreck, man, that, that shit was good. And uh yeah, and and since then it's just been you know, I mean I, I'm it's it's not it's not chasing the dragon per se, and the same. I think that that's the thing about marijuana that's awesome is that like unlike other drugs, there is such the thing as chasing the dragon and conquering the dragon because there's so many different strains of weed that you can be like oh man I got so baked, but there's I, I can I can now name you several times that I've been higher than 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 train wreck and I'm sure you can as well. So that's the thing. It's not like um, it's not like you know where you're just like you know oh you know it's it's it, you actually build like you can chase the dragon and get higher it's not like you know a heroin addict where they're like oh i'm trying to get so high i'm trying to get that high that i once had and i'm never getting there and i think cokeheads are the same way but <laughs> <laughs> but with with marijuana you know it's just like you know you're like man i got really high that one time and then you're like hey there's a new strain on the street or hey this dude just rolled like a half pound blunt like there are there's always ways of chasing the dragon and you know what you don't 
you don't have to, you don't throw up and there's no side effects afterwards. So fuck it. And the other thing I would say is I've noticed, and it's funny because Nicole's made a comment with these bake bars that she was like, oh, I've noticed like I have to use that more. I have to like take, take mm-hmm. more puffs. Yep. But the thing is like, I've even noticed that when I've, when I've bought flour is that after a while I start feeling like, Oh, this doesn't, this doesn't get me where I need to be with the same amount. But the thing with cannabis is there's so many different ways. And I feel like for a while I stopped using vapes cause I wasn't getting that same feeling. But then after I stopped, it was just only smoking flour. And I come back to that, like, Holy shit. It was like the first time I ever had a vape pen again. Like it just destroyed me after like two puffs. And it's like the thing. And a lot of times I feel like, You'll, you'll get towards the end of your ounce or whatever, and you feel like you're building up a tolerance, and then the new strain you have, you get higher on that when you first start <laughs> doing it, and it's kind of a process. When you start getting towards the end of that, you kind of feel like you're building a tolerance up to that, and then you're smoking something else, and you fucked up again. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I told you this the other day. I forgot how potent vape pens are. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I have my vape pen with me like all the time. Um, I'm all, you know, just like you do with your bake bars and, uh, you know, but like I'll, I'll, I'll some like the other day, this just happened to me. I, I smoked and I was, I was lit and, uh, I was like, you know what? Let me take, I took two pulls off my vape pen. I was like, let me just take two pulls off my vape pen. And the, the fucking room started spinning. I had to like hold on to the wall and I was like coughing <laughs> and I was like, vape pens are, are, they're, 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 they're popular for a reason. I love vape pens. I gotta be honest. Like they, they will get you messed up. Rather you want to add it on with your flour, use it as a substitute instead of flour. I still love smoking. I still love flour, but vape pens are the shit. And then like, I, I feel that now that they're in the, you know, the, now that they're part of the tools that we can use to smoke, I feel like that's always going to be the thing. You're either going to have weed or vapes or both. And I mean, the vape pens are great for on the go. But I mean, yeah, I have got fucked up with a vape pen. Like, the one time recently, I was watching The Sopranos and I was just so high. And into the episode, like, I forgot I was outside. Like, like for a bit, I looked around. I was like, oh, shit, I'm sitting outside. <laughs> so- why don't you uh, <laughs> why don't you tell the story about your double your double vape pen <laughs> no no my quad vape pen oh that's right it was quad. i had these baked bars <laughs> it was four and we they're super they're, they're what maybe five six inches so like you could drop them and lose them pretty easy so we lost them somewhere in nicole's room and then i found them <laughs> we had them all together she's sitting there talking to me and i just thought oh fuck with it i'm gonna put all four of these and take a hit the problem is i didn't just take how high were you how, hold on. how high were you when you thought to do this like, what, what, what? i wasn't that high to be honest i just thought like oh i wonder what it would be like to hit four of these at once so you I wanted had to get super high super quick it wasn't even that i just was like yeah i wonder how big of a cloud this might end up making <laughs> so Rather than take a smaller hit to compensate for the fact I'm hitting four vapes at once, I just took a normal hit. So I'm taking a normal hit of four bars. I immediately just go, and you can just see the cloud, and Nicole just goes, oh my god. And then the whole rest of it comes out. I start hacking. I can feel how red and watery my eyes are. And then Nicole's just like, you're gone. And I'm like, I know I'm gone. (laughs) And, uh, and, uh, 
believe it or not, as idiotic as that is, that somehow inspired me and my wife to try it. <laughs> uh, I we only you know had uh, we we had a one vape pen apiece, so we were only able to do two, two at a time. So I used hers and mine, and I took a huge rip, and uh, I. I was coughing pretty hard. I was, I was, it was, I was having trouble gaining some air there for a minute. You know, I was like gasping for air. Uh, my face turned beet red and I was definitely destroyed. And then I, uh, passed these, the two pens over to my wife and I let my wife try them and she's going to absolutely kill me when she hears this on the episode, but I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to do it. It's legendary. Uh, so my wife, uh, Sam, she takes two vape pens, uh, mine and hers. And she, you know, puts them in her mouth, pulls, takes a huge hit, and then just starts just coughing so hard. And I'm just like, are you okay? Are you okay? And it gets to the point where she's coughing so hard that I'm like, yo, like, grab a pillow, like, cover your mouth, like, you're <laughs> coughing so hard. And, like, she goes to reach to grab the pillow, and then just, like, her wrist just, like, kind of twitches, and she lays there for a second, and I realize that she fucking passed out. <laughs> she fucking passed out. I jumped up, and I was like, oh, my God, are you okay? Are you okay? And she woke up, and she was, uh, she was completely fine. Like, she she didn't even know that she had missed any time. She was just like, hey, what's up? Like, totally in a good mood. Didn't realize that she was, like, having a seizure for a second. <laughs> so uh, I had to, I'm sorry, Sam. I know you hate me for telling that story, but I had to do it. Somebody just... sleeping on the couch Monday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm just, you're a bad influence. That's my point in all of this. How's it my fault? <laughs> all right, look, I told anyway. you the story is a cautionary tale. <laughs> no, you were bragging. <sighs> And then we, that was a that was a milestone for you. So, after all this, we learned so well from our previous mistakes that when Kenny came to visit, we, we did our the buddy Kenny. We did the double vape challenge again, and it fucked him up. Nobody died though, so here we are. Nobody Which was butt chugging. <laughs> what? You people get beer, you know, they butt chug it so they get drunk quicker. You know what, man? I'm going to spark this up. What do you got going on this week in horror history? This week in horror history. So, uh, once again, we got a lot of film celebrating anniversaries this week. Uh, Red Dragon, Beyond Reanimator, Moholland Falls, My Soul to Take, uh, the remake of I Spit on Your Grave from 2010. Uh, but the one I feel that's underrated is Joyride. I enjoyed watching it as a teen. Um, I saw it on HBO, I want to say. Pro I was in school. You know, I should have been sleeping 2001. So I was like high school. I should have been sleeping. I was so going to say we were in high school when this came out, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, so I guess I might have probably seen it with it being on HBO, probably like 2002. But yeah, you know me, I've always been an insomniac. It was a school night, couldn't sleep. Came on, I was like, oh, I heard about it. And with the cast, I mean, you might think it might just be another one of like your teen horror movies. And it kind of is in some ways, but it's really well done. And I I've haven't heard of anybody that, hasn't, that has seen Joyride and hasn't liked it. I just am having trouble believing that it's been 20 years since it came out. I remember that movie like it was yesterday. I mean, that's actually, you know, a solid Paul Walker film. Um, I mean, yeah, think about it. Paul Walker's dead, and Lily Sobieski isn't even acting anymore. She's, like, retired from acting at this point. That's true. Um, and, you know, here's a, here's a knowledge nugget. Ted Levine, the man who played Buffalo Bill in The Silence of the Lambs, uh, does the villain Rusty Nail's voice but goes uncredited. 
Um, also, uh, Matthew, well done. Yeah, and uh, also, also Matthew Kimbrough, who had roles in American Beauty and Catch Me If You Can, also did Rusty Nail's voice and goes uncredited. I think the whole thing with Rusty Nail going uncredited is just to kind of build the mythology of the character, kind of keep him mysterious, because there's like not a real listing for the character on IMDb or anything. And uh, looking into this, to refresh for it here this week, uh, Walden Goggins was in the movie. His scene was deleted, but he was in it. I feel like he's a very underrated actor. I I agree. I loved him on The Shield. I even liked him in Sons of Anarchy. He was good in uh, Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, Also, uh, The Royal Gemstones, the television show with him. Uh, John Goodman's in it. Uh, I don't know why Adam, Adam Devine and why can I is it Danny McBride thank you I don't know why I could picture Danny McBride and his name just went blank everybody keeps telling me I need to watch that show that's how I know that he's on it everybody I don't know what's going on as far as I know they were signed on to do multiple seasons but COVID happened so I don't know but the first season was entertaining and again just like Joyride anybody I know that I had watched it doesn't find it hilarious it's it's well done (laughs) yeah um I actually, I remember, I, I didn't see Joyride in theaters. I remember that was a blockbuster rental, and uh, I think my sister had a crush on Paul Walker at the time, and I remember watching it. I'm sure most girls <laughs> around our age and a little bit older than at that time. Yeah, and uh, so I watched it with my mom and sister, and we really liked it. Um, but yeah, so to think back on that, it's been a while since I've seen it. I do own it, but I have it's one of those ones where when you own, like, when you own a library of movies, there's a lot of movies you just don't get to that collect dust. And that's why it's hard sometimes to like, should I keep it? Cause I never get to watch it. But then you're like, nah, cause one day is going to come where I'm going to want to watch it. And I think that that day just came. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that happened with me. I bought, I bought it on voodoo because you know me, I just buy all my shit on voodoo and basically I just go for whatever's on sale and buy a bunch of it. Hell yeah. And voodoo pop or I'm sorry, uh, joyride popped up on voodoo. And I was like, I gotta buy it. It's five bucks, and then I every time I keep passing, I'm like, I never watch it though. And the same thing happened one night. I was like, I ain't seen Joyride in like four or five years. I should watch this. It's a satisfying watch. Um, uh, but but by the way though, you said the I Spit on Your Grave remake uh, celebrated uh, celebrates its anniversary this year, and that is another one that is hard to fucking believe that it has been eleven years since that remake. Damn, dude. I mean, where the hell does time go? I don't know, because for me that was one I never I never got around to watch it. So. Oh man, that is that is just an amazing remake, man. Uh, that that's top tier. Like that's a top tier remake with the thing and the fly and the blob and the hills have eyes and maniac. It's better than the first, no question. I've been a fan of the original since I was in high school, uh, but the remake makes things st- it it makes it made things so much worse. And so much better at the same time. The The revenge is goddamn amazing. But the harassment of Jennifer Hills wasn't just discomforting to watch. It was anger-inducing. Like, it pissed me off watching it. And that is obviously the type of reaction that, you know, they're going for when they make a movie like that. So, great job. Um, I, it's like the original, though, where I can't stomach to watch it more than once every year or two. You know, every year or two, I might watch it. It's just too heavy. It's a satisfying watch but it's too heavy. So I'm definitely gonna have to get you to watch that at some point. Did that come out before or after the last house on the left remake? 
I can't remember. I but was going to say, I, was I think, trying to I, think, think I want to say that it was before, but well, I'll that tell doesn't you. doesn't help me because I was going to see if maybe you thought the same as me and I thought it came out after. I mean, I can. Are you talking about the original or the, no, the, the remake? The, the remake. The, the remakes. I think the remake, I think the remake might've came out. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but I know that Hold it's on. better. Uh, I'll just look it up. I'll quick. tell you that right now, though. That the "I Spilled on Your Grave" remake is 100 percent better than the last "House on the Left" remake. I want to say it came out after, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it came out after. Yeah, because uh, was yeah, it was 2010 for the "I Spilled on Your Grave" remake, and 2010 okay so yeah the last house on the left remake came first because i want to say i think that came first really that's surprising because i remember i watched the original last house on the left as as we've discussed and right after that i was like i wouldn't i heard that like i spit on your grave was kind of in the same vein kind of like along that revenge kind of movie so i checked that out and i liked that and then um the last house on the left remake came out and I was like, Oh, this is nowhere near the original. And then I remember they were like, well, I feel like it, yeah, it kind of makes sense now that it did come after. Cause then they announced the, I spit on your grave remake. And I was just like, well, I didn't like the last house on the left one, but so it sounds like I should have reversed it and watched that one and it's, skipped it's, the last house on the left one. Yeah. It's a, they, they pulled a switcheroo. Like what happened was, uh, the original Last House on the Left is better than I Spit on Your Grave, in my opinion. Um, I like the original Last House on the Left more, um, even though I like both films. But when it comes to the remakes, the remake of I Spit on Your Grave just absolutely chews up and spits out the remake of Last House on the Left. Last House on the Left is like, it's kind of more of the same with some things different that they push the boundaries on, but not much. I Spit on Your Grave was just... They pushed the boundaries from the jump on that one, and that was like they elevated it. It wasn't one of those ones where they didn't. It, it, it's not more of the same. It's the same plot, but what happens, the revenge, the way everything is done, it's completely different. And it's like it elevates things. <clears throat> Part of that movie, and with Last House on Last, the Last House on the left as well, is with, with these revenge movies. Is the revenge is the main point? These horrible things happen. So, like, by the time you get to that revenge, that's the payoff. You get to watch these fuckers pay for what they did. And in the I Spit on Your Grave remake, I mean, it's almost as if she goes too far with it. So that's fucking awesome. Yeah, well, we'll definitely have to check that out. I uh, I should have I sh- I just skipped the last house on the left remake, and then I probably would have watched the I Spit on Your Grave remake. I just figured it after seeing last house on the left remake, it was just going to kind of be the same thing with I Spit on Your Grave. So I just kind of never got around to watching it and to be honest i never really heard much of anything about the remake one way or the other to be honest yeah the last house on the left remake was more commercial so that also should give you the heads up on you know the the i spit on your grave one being you know better because if it's lying low and, and less heard of then you know you know okay something's up with this one it's not as commercial therefore they probably did some shit or got away with some stuff that's going to make the casual viewer uncomfortable um it's 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 yeah i want you to watch it because um there's two sides that i spit on your grave actually and uh, joe bob briggs our boy joe bob briggs who we love has talked about this uh there, there's two groups of people there's people that say that the, that i spit on your grave encourages bad behavior like male chauvinistic behavior and rape and brutality towards women. And then there's those that say that it doesn't 
encourage that behavior, that it shows how horrible that behavior is by making them get a revenge taken upon them that is absolutely brutal, like getting cocks cut off and things like that. So it's like there's actually a debate of people who are like, oh, they think that watching that movie you're like pro-rape and things like that and it's it's uh, that's crazy to me. Sense to me that's crazy to me. you're watching the movie you're watching what these people are doing but you're not supposed to enjoy that the point of the movie is the revenge and i don't know who's not getting that i think it all started because somebody in during the screening a screening of the original i spit on your grave like stood up it was like like yeah it was like cheering the guys on as they were like you know um harassing you know i was harassing and raping uh the character jennifer hills somebody like stood up and applauded so some critic was like you know this movie like encouraged just people to act that way and i'm like there might be one or two sick fucks out there who do get off on that type of I mean, thing you're but, gonna find crazies everywhere yeah but but the casual viewer you're not watching that to like watch somebody get hurt and in pain like that you're never watching a film for whatever reason guy girl whatever their situation is rape not rape whatever you're never watching a film to watch that person be in pain you're there to watch them overcome that so it's always been crazy to me that that that, that argument exists so when you watch it we'll, re- we'll rebound and talk about it and you can tell me which i, I have a hard time believing you're going to say that the movie's pro pro rape and harassing women so i guess george lucas is in favor of tyrannical government since he has one in his in in star wars so uh, I think with that, we'll move on to Puff Puff Ask, the segment of the show where Drew and I answer questions that you send in to us via social media at High on Horror 420 on Insta, Instabook, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and through email at highonhorror420 at gmail.com. Yo, man. Puff Puff I'll start us off here with a question from a listener named Clayton from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We know his name, Clayton. If, any, <laughs> if, anybody, if anybody sees Steven Silverman, you'll get it. If not, I'm just an idiot, which a lot of people think that anyway. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Clayton wants to know, is there uh, any one specific horror movie that you guys find yourselves rewatching a lot when you relax and have downtime? Uh, ab- absolutely. But it's not one movie for me. Um, I would say that I have like a cycle of movies that I kind of go through like yes. a handful, but you know, uh, return of the living dead, killer clowns from outer space, uh, reanimator that's, you know, and, and more, more recently it's been psycho Gorman. It's usually funny stuff like those are the, cause I can kick back, relax, have something lighthearted on. I, I'm not the type of guy that could just like kick his feet up and relax, crack a beer open and watch like, you know, a solo. Or something like I'd say, <laughs> you know, like I, I, if I'm relaxing, I want to watch once something. Would picture Solo as a background movie, You're just like do do fucking housework. Yeah, right, right, right. You just like oh shit. Oh, oh wait, oh wait, they're, 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 that's rough, <laughs> especially on a day of shit. Real rough. <laughs> you got to stop in the middle of what you're doing. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's the day of shit. We got to watch this part. A raspberry looking sausage. <laughs> Dude, I remember the first time I made you watch Solo. I told you about what it was. I told you about it like a week before I made you watch it. And you didn't say anything to me. Like there was no response when I told you what it's about. You just kind of stared at me. So I was like, I don't know if he's down to watch this or not. I mean, there was a lot to take in when you told me. But I still, I'm telling you, them turds look 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 like like raspberry jam or something mixed with like Italian sausage. I remember you were telling everybody about it when you saw it. I remember you were telling me everybody about it when you saw it, man. That shit was hilarious. Um, but uh, but no, um, yeah. So those those are the ones, you know. Uh, Return of the Living Dead, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Psycho Gorman, Reanimator. But you know, really, you know, because you know, like I have such limited time, uh, especially recently. What I try to do is uh. I actually try to watch something new 
whenever I have downtime to kind of expand my knowledge, watch something from a director I haven't seen or a new movie that's on Shutter just to keep up with what's going on. Um, even though I'm disappointed most of the time, honestly. <laughs> uh, for me, um, it's a lot of slashers, not surprisingly. Friday the 13th, part six. Uh, it hasn't been in the rotation lately. I feel like maybe I've got it out of my system getting to talk to everybody we've had on. Uh, and maybe some more from part six as well, maybe coming up in the future. Um, that one's I, a lot of times I'll just play Halloween in the background. Uh, I've been playing Terrifier a lot in the background, even though that's more uh, visually brutal than the other ones that I've named. Uh, it's still one that you can kind of relax to, though. Yeah. Because you've seen it so many times that you're like, if I've taken a little nap for 20 minutes, I wake up, I know what I missed. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. He just, he pulled out the gun. All right. <laughs> saw, saw him through a taint. Saw him through a taint. Uh, uh, Child's Play 2. That's, that is, that and Friday the 13th, part six through the years, I feel like have just been my background horror movies. Between how a- much me and you have watched, or you and I have watched Child's Play 2, and then how much you have watched it on your own, that's got to be record numbers. It's got to be up there. Uh, oh, and then, uh, for a long time, uh, one that I was watching a lot was, uh, the lighthouse. Yeah. I love that movie. Uh, I don't know that that's, and that's kind of weird. That's an outlier on the list of movies that you should just have playing in the background. That's a pretty heavy movie. (laughs) It is, especially if someone hasn't seen it and they come in the room and they just see like, you know, a a naked, uh, mermaid laying there, just, you know, full frontal. Or, and then, uh, as, uh, to quote our producer, Josh, uh, Robert Pattinson, just cranking hog out in the shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cranking hog. Never heard that term before, but I love it. I dig it. It's a great one. But, uh, yeah, man, I fucking love the lighthouse. I, I can, I don't. I feel like for record numbers, I'm shit. <laughs> Why did you feel the need to bring that up? So I gotta know. You can talk about the lighthouse, but what's the point? What was? Because why did you, you were talking that about up? if you see people walk in and they just see like mermaid puss, and I was saying or Robert Pattinson, and then using Josh's term, crank and hog. Oh Christ! Oh my God! All right, move on. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I feel like uh, you talk about child's play for most watched. I'm sure there's probably some weirdo person out there. It's got me beat, but I got to be like in the top fifteen of most like watch times of the lighthouse. Um, and then uh, moving on to our second question, uh, George from Falls Church, Virginia said, uh, "You know, we talk a lot about horror movies here on PPA, but." Uh, we don't really talk about uh, we too much, and he wanted to know. Besides, obviously, watching horror movies, uh, what do we like to do when we smoke? Uh, that one's easy for me. I like watching. I mean, still movies, but uh, like, like right now, um, as I've mentioned a couple times, I've been watching through The Sopranos before the movie comes out. Uh, but I do like uh, playing video games a lot. Um, usually play with. Uh, our buddies Raz, Armani, and uh, Kenny online. We the best. We the best club in FIFA, boys. <laughs> or play some uh, NHL, but it's usually yeah, just watching other stuff or uh, uh, playing games. And I do end up watching a lot of trash TV, like some terrible reality shows, like uh, Wife Swap with Nicole. <laughs> 
that are just so terrible, but I can't stop watching them. You just find yourself staring at the screen laughing and you're like 40 minutes in and you're like, why did I turn this off? That And then like she'll, or, or she'll put on Hoarders, man, that show makes me like actually depressed to watch. But then I'm like, at least I'm not that bad of keeping shit. <laughs> if anything, I'm a hoarder with all my fucking movies. I'm going <laughs> to fucking, I'm going to need a second house with all this bullshit. I guess you got to tell Sam to move out and room for the movies. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'll just live outside. My, the movies can have my my spot. They can just have my side of the bed and everything. You like um, that guy, uh, uh, I think it was like a true life back in the day where he bought all them fucking mannequins. Oh, yeah. And he had to buy a fucking second apartment. That's like some maniac shit. I'm surprised he's not scalping <laughs> yeah. people and hammering their scalps to it. So that's Willie, a weirdo Willie, right Willie there. Zaza from the Godfather. I just I can't imagine telling a chick, you know, telling a, a woman like, "Hey, uh, yo, like, you know, yeah, come over to my place." You know, I, I own a bunch of men. It's just weird. I that's mean, just a weird. I don't know. I feel that most ladies that come over and see that are pretty sure they're going to die that night. Yeah, I would think that that's like a let me send a picture of this person to my friend so they know who I'm with right now. I, I mean, like, like somebody brings me over, I'd be like, uh, "All right, bro. Uh, oh shit, I got to call. Oh man, I got to go." well uh to get yeah to answer the uh the question though what i find myself doing when i'm just getting baked is i I love to read i'm always reading i usually (laughs) yeah i I own it too i love reading um reading puts my mind and, and reading puts my mind and heart at peace sometimes especially with ptsd like it helps me it's a good distraction you know getting lost especially when you're reading a good book finding a good book is key if you don't find a good book if i don't find a good book rather like my mind's just gonna race when i'm reading and i'm sure that that happens to a lot of people they'll read and their mind will race that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't read that just means you haven't found the right book and especially i got an audio book it well i mean either way you know but yeah when i'm when i get baked i like to read a lot and uh i also like to watch extras on like new movies i bought because that's another escape for me is that's I, I love spending time just learning about movies. So I like to just like you know, those are the times that I kind of cherish the most. And then you know, of course, watching like reruns of old shows like The Shield or that '70s show with my wife. Those are pretty much the things that I like to do when I'm you know just having downtime and and getting baked. Um, yeah, I mean I'm not a bunch, much of a video game player like John, but I did, however, just buy the new UFC game or the the newest UFC game, even though I haven't had time to practice yet. So I'm going to try to really put some time in over the next two weeks so I can fuck my boy John up over here. Nate all day, dog. Man, we used to have some fucking brawls back in the day. So let's do it. I mean, it's all went downhill since UFC won for uh, of the EA ones. But the whole thing is, it's not even it, it, at the end there. It just it became more about just getting baked and just laughing at the fights and the glitches. <laughs> so I mean, a lot of times when we would get knocked out, we used to get mad. Towards the end, we would crack up and just be like, I don't even know how that happened. <coughs> I still never got to settle that uh, rubber match of Kenny with Miles Fury jury against my boy Michael the Maverick Chiesa. <laughs> well, we'll set that up in the future. Yeah, you know, but. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, uh, I, I'm not against video games, so I'm going to try to break that more in because I have taken a break from them. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I like to do when I'm smoking. I mean, and just, you know, just read and watch extras. You know, another thing I like to do, and I'm sure a lot of people do the same thing, is just I'll get stuck on a Wikipedia like rabbit hole. I'll search for something on Wikipedia. Next thing I know, I'm at eight links later. The one I always say is I wanted to look up something like what wikipedia had to say about jesus i just want to see what it said (laughs) yeah i was super baked 
Two hours later, I'm reading about adoption in the Roman Empire, learning about how the adoption system worked, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing right now? <laughs> See, you say I'm a nerd, but at least I have my time allocated. I'm doing shit I want to do on my time. You're just waking up mid-shit, just realizing, oh, what am I doing? Why am I reading this? See? I, mean, I have got, a plan. It got deep. That, that's, I, I went uh, from Jesus to like reading about the movie gladiator and how actually russell crowe's characters like seven different people combined into one person <laughs> then i'm reading about why they somebody said his name was written incorrectly and i'm like how the hell would they know that and they're like i'm clicking reading about the naming system then i'm reading about adoption and i was like yeah what the hell all i wanted to do was look up to see what wikipedia had listed for jesus as the entry of, and now i'm reading about adoption in the roman empire it's like 3 30 in the morning i think it's time to go to bed you don't go to bed till later than that no, i know plan. but plan. i mean, try but no what happens to me is it's i don't i don't get caught up in reading stuff like that but like i'll watch a movie and i'll be like yo i know that dude from somewhere and i'll like yes. i'll look him up on imdb and then i'll look at the movies that they've been in and i'll click on it and then when i'm looking at that movie i'll see somebody was in that movie that i'm like oh i remember them too or i remember this movie next next you know next thing i know like 20 minutes later i'll be caught up in you know, like, oh, why did why am I why am I reading about this movie? This is like eight movies ago from what I was, <laughs> you know. But here I am talking about you know you and I actually do the same thing. I just yeah I, again, it's just movies with me. I'm just a nerd. <laughs> I think a lot of our listeners, it's not always a, not saying it's the same subject, but you go to search something on Wikipedia. And then you just end up spending hours on Wikipedia, just re re and you're like, how did I get this far from what I was looking for? Exactly, and. uh with that, I think that we're ready to move on. So don't forget to write in your questions to us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at High on Horror 420 or email us at High on Horror 420 at gmail.com. The, the mail's been bumping lately. We really appreciate hearing from you all. Um, eventually, we'll, maybe we'll get into a part where we do more than two letters a week, but right now that's kind of our system but thank you all for for writing we're definitely uh sometimes it's hard to filter through these letters man it really is like you know well not letters but you know emails and messages on facebook and stuff it's like reading them it's like some of them are pretty good some of them are you know uh, let's, let's just say just if your letter hasn't been read yet don't think that it's been left behind you know there may be a point when like you might there might be a a, a message that was sent to us three months ago that you'll hear three months from now you know you never know so um the, the good ones get kept so please keep writing us we love hearing from you and uh now it's time to get into our review slash discussion of this week's film halloween 3 season of the witch the year's 1982 michael myers is killed off a year ago and they decide to take the Halloween franchise in a new direction. And that gives us Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, which came out in 1982. After uh, killing off Michael in the previous century, they decided to go the anthology route. And this is the first film to be written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, John Carpenter, and Deborah Hill return as producers. And this story picks up on October 23rd in Northern California. Shop owner Harry Gimbrich is chased along a barren road by mysterious men in suits. And then he's almost killed uh, by one man who's crushed to death but remains silent as he dies. He makes it to the gas station clutch clutching a jack-o'-lantern mask. 
and then he's driven to the hospital where we uh, meet Dr. Daniel Chalice, played by Tom Atkins. He fucks. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's an alcoholic doctor who has a poor relationship with his ex-wife and two children. And that night, another man in a suit enters Harry's hospital room, murders him, and then sets himself on fire when Daniel tries to pursue him. A few days later, Daniel's confronted in a bar by Harry's daughter, Ellie, who's played by today's guest, Stacy Nelkin, and they head to find out more about what happened and what what that mask he was clutching had to do with everything. And they end up finding the Silver Shamrock uh, novelties located in Santa Mira, California, and then that's when the fun begins. Okay, so uh, I'm going to take a second and tell you, uh, here's my story uh, about with Halloween 3. Um, as you all know by now, I grew up watching Tales from the Crypt and horror movies with my mom, so I followed her lead for a long time in regards of what to watch. We were movie buddies, and my mom absolutely hated Season of the Witch. She called it dumb and stupid, and I was young. You know, I agreed with her. No, Michael, what? Fuck you, man. You know, um, but uh, as I got older, I branched out on my own and my mom and sister, you know, they, they planted the seed in my brain, the, the love of horror, the seed in my brain. But as I got older, I realized that it was mostly commercial horror that we watched and that they watched. And it was never, you know, it, it was whatever was available at the video store. So, you know, as I got older, I got a little more bougie about watching movies and I wanted to expand my viewing beyond what just the video store had. So I'd go to the mall and other stores and magazine catalogs. I'd order movies from catalogs. Um, you know, that's how I first saw I spit on your grave. It came in the mail. I knew my mom and sister wouldn't want to watch that. They didn't have the want like I did to explore the boundaries of the genre. They more or less played it safe with what they watched. And I, you know, that's fine. Uh, I, I wanted to know the genre, though, and I had the bug bad. And uh, also, uh, it'd be a little weird watching I Spilled on Your Grave with your mom and sister, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. There's been, like, horror movies that I'm like, I don't know. This would be weird to watch with my sister. <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh, but there there are just certain movies that are just like, no, you know. Uh, but, um, but, but yeah, these were, you know, ways of accessing movies for me, you know, and that's how I got to see reanimator, you know, and a whole lot more. Um, and by the time I was 16, I was suggesting movies to my mom and sister to watch the role switched. Um, anyway, since I'd matured as a film viewer and my knowledge expanded because I was reading books and magazines and on everything, you know, like Fangoria and it, it dawned on me, man, I need to rewatch season of the witch and give it another shot. You know, and uh, because I was finding out that my sister and mom and I had a drastic difference of opinion on some things. And, uh, you know, my sister and my mom and I, we all had a drastic uh, difference of opinion on some movies. And we didn't agree on movies all the time like we used to. So, you know, my mom doesn't like Reanimator, for example, and I just can't even fathom how that's possible. Someone can't like that movie, you know. Um, but anyway, I, I realized that I owed it to myself to see if Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, is a good film after all. I mean, of course, I love Tom Atkins. Night of the Creeps is his definitive role, in my opinion, is Ray Cameron. But I liked everything he was just about in. You know, uh, The Fog, Escape from New York, he stayed in that carpenter circle of movies. So, I, you know, I liked and his stuff. Stash. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, so I just never got around 
around to rewatching it for years. Um, it's one of those ones I, I plan to rewatch, but then I just never got around to it until John here said that it was time, and you know he put it on me, and uh, I liked it uh, as a standalone film. Honestly, as a standalone film, it's a strong outing, and it's a good film for the Halloween season to watch around Halloween time. I'm sold. I wouldn't say I love it, but I wouldn't say I love a lot of the Halloween films in the series. I could say I enjoy them all to an extent, but love is a strong word. And I always didn't like Halloween 3. Even when I was young, my dad used to always defend Halloween 3 and just say, you need to take it to its own movie. I was too young to do that. To me, it was Halloween. There was no Michael. How could this be good? Joe Bob further enforced that when I remember watching it on Monster Vision and he, he just tore Halloween 3 apart. And then years later, I was like, you know what, maybe I, it's, I think at that point it had been like 10, 15 years since I had seen it. And I, I had been like a young kid and I'm like, you know, my taste in movies has evolved because you know, when you're younger, there's some movies that are long. And as a kid, you just couldn't pay attention. Then you rewatch it when you're older and you're like, damn, that was an amazing movie. So I was like, you know what? I'll give it another chance. And I love it. Like it's a good story. The music's creepy. Like I love the ending. I was, I've always, I, I can understand why people don't like the ending. Like Nicole, for example, hates ambiguous endings. I like them I when too. they're done right. Agreed. And that was that was a, that was one of the first movies that really made me like that. And I'm like, because I remember asking my dad, I'm like, you know, originally I'm like, you know, what happened? And he's like, it's up, it's up to you to decide what happened. And I'm like, damn, I kind of like that. Like you don't know, like. And it works when it's done well. There's times when it's terrible. But I feel like that was one of the first movies that I was like, wow, that was really well done in. And then you and I talked about it. And I figured you would have liked it because of, of your expertise of how, not Halloween, of horror just being more than mine. And you were like, no, I don't like it. And then, yeah, I convinced you to read like it. I remember you messaged me. You were like, man, it's really good. I just like, I like the whole story. And I really wonder, I really wonder if it worked how well a Halloween anthology, like the whole series being an anthology. And how it would have worked. How it would have worked. You would have had less terrible Michael Myers sequels and well, Halloween sequels. You would have never, I don't think you would ever got frozen meatballs. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't have gotten, no you might've got Rob zombie. I still think you probably, <laughs> I still think you would have got Rob zombie. Uh. <laughs> Maybe an H2O, but I don't think you would have had the like Jamie, Jamie Lloyd, uh like saga or whatever you want to call it yeah I, yeah yeah jamie uh, lloyd trilogy i don't think that's even a name for it well i i gotta say though that you had brought up you know how you like uh movies that are ambiguous and i 100 percent agree you know that i don't i i like to think and i don't like movies spelled out for me if you can pull a movie off right and entertain me enough and then leave me with the right hook I'm cool with that, but I will say that I think that due to my, due to myself being a nihilist, that I find myself liking the <laughs> ambiguous films that tend to have like a darker twist, yes. like like uh, Prisoners. You remember that movie Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal about yeah. like the like how that ended, where like he's in the hole and the car is parked over the hole and he's cr screaming for help, and like Jake Gyllenhaal, like he hears something, but then like. You're like, he, he looks around like, maybe did I hear that? And then it's cut that just cuts. And you're like, oh shit, did he hear him? Does he help him? In my mind, he didn't help him. And in Shutter my Island. Yeah, exactly. I, like, it's, I, I don't, take the approach that he just went back to being crazy and it didn't work. And like, <laughs> Nicole takes the complete opposite. And I, so I know what you mean. Like, me, I'm like, nope. It, 
because I, I always argue with her. I'm like, well, it never worked before. So why is this like 40th time they're doing it magically going to work this time? Right. I, yeah. I find myself liking those dark endings, you know, where the darker option rather that you can have. Um, and the uh, season of the witch is the same thing. You know, we'll talk about that later. But I, I feel that at the ending, although some people say that, you know, everything was stopped and saved and my mind, I, I just don't. That's not my version of the film. I, I appreciate usually when a director says, like, oh, this was my intent. I kind of go along with that because I kind of want to see it from their perspective. Like, that was his art. I want to see what he was doing, you know. So I try to see it from their perspective. But Halloween 3 is one movie where I'm like, no, I don't see it that way. Like, I just, I think that it's such a better ending if nobody stops the commercial from playing. I think that's such a better ending. Let's talk about uh, Dan O'Hurley. As, as Colonel Cochran. Oh, man. Dude, he's so fucking good. Like, I know. He's just so creepy. He's a good villain, Dude, for thing, sure. Whenever I think of him, I just think of him doing the slow, just sitting there doing the slow clap. And that monotone. Like, he just, yeah. like he's just monotone. Just talking just about the history, with hard facts. The, the history of uh, Sawin. <laughs> yep. And he's just going through, like, talking about how the hills ran red with blood, like, on Halloween night. I'm like, damn, like, it's pretty good, pretty good shit. Yeah, I want to have him read a story to my son, a bedtime story to my son. Well, he's dead, so I don't think he'll be doing that. Well, back in the... <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Back in the day. He's not on camera, he dog. I wish that he would have done audiobooks. He should have done audiobooks with his voice. There you go. That you could play for kids. Um, of course, Dan O'Hurley's past, you know. Uh, but what about um, our, our the best assassin in the film? Our boy with the best name in the world, Dick Warlock. Dick Warlock. Dick Warlock is in the movie, That's, man. Michael is- Myers from Halloween 2. That is my uh, Chipotle name. They don't always. <laughs> they there's been worse ones I've made Chipotle put on there, and they've played along with it. But uh, sometimes they don't put Dick Warlock on there. I don't think they believe it's my real name. <laughs> I feel like with Dick Warlock, though, the motherfucking is almost like a guaranteed middle name. It's just at that point now. Dick where motherfucking just, Warlock. It just can't. It's just it's Dick motherfucking Warlock at this point, man. Like that. What a legendary name, and that dude's just he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's a legend in the business, man. And also cameo in Halloween Three from Jamie Lee Curtis, of P, uh, the PA announcer in the town. Yep, that's right. And also the clips from Halloween One on the television. Correct. Yeah, and uh, you had mentioned that uh, Tommy Lee Wallace had, uh, you know, uh, wrote and directed this, um, and uh, he actually did the 1998 TV miniseries starring Tim Curry. So. Uh, you know, Tommy Lee Wallace is definitely talented. We should have seen a lot more from him. I wish we'd gotten a lot more from him. Was that his next film after after this where he directed? I believe it was. Uh, um, I'm not see. entirely sure. Uh, no. I wow. He did Aloha Summer and Fright Night Part Two. He oh, that's right. Yes, he did Fright Night Part Two. Yes, I forgot about that. That's right. And then also, uh, he did the sequel. Uh, to uh, vampires uh, what is it with him just like john carpenter did something that john's like eh, i'm done with this tommy's like yeah i'll come in and do something with it hey man you know what i don't blame him a quick payday let's do it i i totally and i mean i like tommy lee wallace i don't mean to sound like i'm dragging the guy what about uh but what about uh nancy keys she's in the film as yeah. uh linda chalice yeah the uh disgruntled s- separated I don't think they're divorced. I don't think they're divorced yet, but or they might be, but they're definitely not together. That's for sure. There's, there's yeah, the animosity. best girl from Halloween, Annie, best girl. I would agree with that. Definitely. I probably thank, thankfully I did not say that to PJ souls. We better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. PJ Souls, She was awesome. Um, 
Yo, and the mass. I was going to say that. And also... um, can't believe it took us this long to get to them. Right, the masks, absolutely just... They're awesome. The costumes are just awesome. And now that, like... They're just iconic when you see their silhouettes on the poster, you know, like gotta love it. And and the song, you know, of course there's the the song that just gets stuck in your head every goddamn time you hear it. Every time you hear that that every time you watch that movie, this they play that song so many times in that movie that it's impossible. If it was once or twice or three times, but it is like I almost feel like I would have to go back and count because maybe it just seems like it's more than it is. But I feel like that song's like on loop through like the whole movie. My mom. I don't know. At least since I've been alive, I do not remember her ever watching Halloween 3. I don't know if she watched it before, but uh, before I was born. But my mom knows the Silver Shamrock song, and she's never seen the movie. Yeah, it's just it's just that iconic. It's yeah, and uh, it's it's funny because you know uh, it's iconic. Yeah, it's it's an underdog. Uh, It's the underdog of the series. So that goes to show you that. uh, Although people didn't like it or haven't seen it, that enough of it got around that people even caught on to the song. And uh, Carpenter did the music for this as well. You can tell. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. If you're yes. for the uninitiated, you should. I mean, the uninitiated wouldn't know that, but anybody in their right mind who goes into that. I movie don't know. I feel like if, you, if you've seen Halloween, <laughs> just even just seen Halloween and watch Halloween 3, you probably think the same guy did the music. You, you should know. That's Yeah, you should know. I. I gotta say, is that Carpenter's second best work after after Halloween? Is that the, is that what the best Halloween one? three? You think Halloween three is his, oh, so, okay, uh, uh, music, music wise. wise? Okay, I was gonna say, hold on a second. Um, <laughs> no, I, like, I wouldn't. Like, I mean, first of all, he didn't he didn't know, direct this really time like did, but but being even being involved in the movie, it's but not ju- his, I, it's I, not his I, second. I, I just mean the the, the yeah the, the, the music the music um just that dude like. When it's filling in the lines in the beginning. All right, you know what? I'm gonna. A lot of people will probably disagree with me. I like. That's really. God damn, you're making me try to think. I of know. It. You know, I think really that high, I'm gonna. So I think I'm gonna, gonna say Prince say of so. Darkness. I think Prince of Darkness is my second. Because that that score is really fucking creepy. Prince of Darkness is a good one. I mean, like. Let's be fair. Pick one here. that isn't good. Pick one that isn't good. Try that. <laughs> I, I was going to say, to be fair, I don't know that there's necessarily a wrong choice here for Carpenter. <laughs> Correct. Says, says second, but I mean, like top three, like, because I'm like, damn, that's good. Then I think Escape from New York. Yep. Uh, uh, assault from Precinct 13, uh, yeah, bro. Assault, assault Dude, from that, Precinct 13. I know. After the first time we saw that together, we saw that together for the first time. You got it on Blu-ray, and that shit was stuck in our head. I fucking made it my ringtone. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I remember. I saw you like a couple days later, and I randomly was just like, bam, 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 bam. and you were like, "Dude, I was doing that too." <laughs> Dude, it's catchy. Like Carpenter, you can say what you will about some of the films he's directed, but I don't think there's. Uh, Maybe towards the latter end of his career, but if you're coming at like him towards like the beginning, middle of his career, you're tripping. But I, well, yeah, yeah, I'm saying may, maybe towards the end, director wise, but music wise, I can't think of anything bad he's done. I mean, yeah, even I mean, I was gonna say the Halloween 2018 soundtrack kicked ass. And I mean, the funny thing is, before his involvement, you you tell me in the 2018 Halloween we're gonna change the theme, we're gonna make little alterations to it. I'm going to be mad. And then John Carpenter releases that. And I'm like, damn, that's good. Especially, uh, 
uh, I think you and I both said like the uh, at the Iron Gate, raw wrought Iron Gate. Mm-hmm. That one was real, du- real yeah. well. Well, I'm trying to remember what it was. They they ran across. There was yeah, some, there was a video that they had yeah, put out. I can't yeah. remember. I, I think it was like a violin string on a a bow, a bow on a yeah, a bow yeah. on a guitar. Yeah, it made that. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Was the thing about Carpenter's music that I like, and I think that that a lot of people like is that carpenter was a rocker obviously and like there's always even like even in things like the fog where it's more like piano tones um there's always this like undertone of like rock or metal like in that new halloween film like when like you know the 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 bathroom scene you remember like before he puts his mask on when that that chord's like screeching and it's like there's there is absolutely like a rock like feel to that you're like this isn't rap this rap this isn't hip-hop like this is definitely like this is like a, a a high shrill horror like rock soundtrack do you, do you get what i'm saying yeah. like even in the, in the mouth of madness that opening song tell me that ain't a rock that ain't a rock jam dude I'm, i can't tell you how many times on spotify i've just been driving around with john carpenter's theme just that album just playing on repeat oh yeah the uh, themes one yeah the yeah. themes one and i just have it on shuffle and i was like i wonder how many people are like this guy's out here in mid-July playing the Halloween theme. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I was just uh, they live. I mean, yeah, they're that, all good. Yeah, I, I, but uh, I was just actually, uh, yeah, I still listen to CDs. I'm old school, and uh, I still I was I was uh, putting in the uh, bullet for my Valentine CD in my uh, car the other day, and uh, it's like you know it holds like six discs, one through five are full, and I was checking them in disc one. And the disc one slot was a Halloween 2018 soundtrack. <laughs> I thought I lost it, so it was like awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yes. I mean, I'm good if you are. <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like we kind of got away from Halloween three here. Um, yeah, we did get away from <laughs> Halloween three. Let's backtrack it a little bit. Yeah, let's let, 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 let's let, let's rein that back. And we just talked about John Carpenter for like probably like a good seven eight minutes. I mean, you can't bring up I the mean, Halloween series without talking about John Carpenter. But I mean, let's just put it this way: though. part of the reason that Halloween three that I do like it and that you like it, and I think other people have grown to like it, is because even though Michael isn't in it, you still definitely feel John Carpenter's presence behind that film. It still almost feels like a... It feels more like a John Carpenter film than Halloween 2 did. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess John wasn't really involved till towards the end mm-hmm. of Halloween 2. And I mean, But he still reshot some scenes and stuff, yeah. and you know, and it's just it's not the same. And I imagine him and Tommy Lee Wallace were much closer, so I'm sure carpenter had some influence in that movie. a lot of helping hands and, yeah. uh, and advice and it wasn't shit, I'm the sure. same as rick rosenthal with with part two just some it, some guy it's not wasn't a part of the original coming in to direct the second one correct he was part of the team tightened it he knew how it worked he knew how it went down but, uh, <laughs> not to go back to john carpenter once again <laughs> but uh, we talked about it you know the idea was to make it an anthology series do you think if that would have kept going that route do you think john would have kept involvement in it through all the years like in the different entries i mean you know uh carpenter tells you himself he'll say it himself he's a capitalist so i mean (laughs) i mean i got no problem with that i feel that he's probably like he would probably 
stay on like how he is in the new Halloween films. I feel that like he would have been involved at least doing soundtracks or something. And it probably would have been one of those things where every now and again, if a story came up that was good enough, he'd probably come back to the series. I don't feel like he'd be like directing all of them, but I could see him coming back and directing an original story like four movies later or something, you know, kind of bouncing back. Like he was the type of dude that if the story was there and the money was there, he was there. So that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I mean, it, it would have been nice. I, I feel like it would have saved us from some bad Halloween movies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's facts. But, but... I mean, there's still, I, I'm sure, at some point in this anthology series, would have had some not-so-good entries. That's what I was going to say. I was like, we're giving it doesn't this ruin an- Michael. <laughs> that's, tr- <laughs> that's true. And, I mean, had, um, had there been a series of movies um, after Halloween 3 that continued not having Michael in them, I feel that... Michael coming back for like H2O or something like that would have just been so much more epic. But I feel that uh, them going back to what worked just ended up leading to oversaturation and ultimately like people losing sight of what the movies were about. Uh, yeah, after when Michael comes back after Halloween 3 here, when we do see Michael again Six in Halloween years 4. later, right? Yeah, when we see him again, he's an ox. He's, <laughs> he's not a normal guy anymore. With he's a shoulder pads. Yeah, he's a. <laughs> He's a he's a buff, tall, broad man, and uh, I got blonde like be- bleach blonde hair at times because they wanted Brown. Michael to compete with Jason. That was but Jason was always big, so that was the thing. Was you know Mustafa Kyle was like he has to be big, he has to like compete with Jason. See, that so, was his problem though. Michael Michael got too yoked, and then you know Buster Rhymes was able to move with fluidity <laughs> and just hit him with them round spinning <laughs> roundhouses, and Michael was too. You know, he's too buffy, fatigued early. We don't need to talk about Halloween Resurrection. We can just skip Halloween Resurrection altogether. But um, but but Halloween three, uh, definitely a classic, and I think that it's great that uh, people like you know uh, Stacy Nelkin and even Tom Atkins, who's you know he's really gotten a lot of acclaim throughout his career with everything he's done. But just the fact that people are finally getting praise for this movie now, all those years later, I mean, that's got to feel weird. I can't imagine working on a movie and like having it just be like panned. And then, like, all these years later, like, you know, just decades later, people just, oh, wow, everybody loves it. And, you know, like, it's like, it's it's kind of like, uh, it's like how Edgar Allan Poe, like, you know, once he passed, he became popular. Not that anybody in the movies passed, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's like sometimes fame comes, like, decades after, you know, after it's, after, you know, it's deserved. And that's the case with this movie, I have to say. I agree. Um, I think that this movie's a classic, and I, I, I uh... I'm happy with it. I'm um, I'm definitely convinced. I mean, John definitely convinced me. And uh, I was going to say, it's got to be weird for both of them, but it's just a normal occurrence for John Carpenter with pretty much anything he's involved in. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, pretty much everything he did after Halloween was like, oh, this movie's terrible. Eight years later, oh, this movie's a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, though, I will say... Uh, I guess one last one last thing that I'll that I'll end on with uh, what I wanted to say is that this movie is the movie where I kind of tied it together that uh, not kind of well I knew it was it was just another one that was just like damn it was like the Undertaker's undefeated streak when I finally rewatched Halloween three and I saw you know Tom Atkins' character hook up with Ellie I was like dude this guy legitimately like hooks up every movie he's in like in the fog you know in the fog he's 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 all he's he got Jamie Lee Curtis yeah in, in, in Halloween 3 he gets Ellie you know and then um in uh, Hall- uh Night of the Creeps he doesn't really have uh 
he doesn't really have like a, a love interest, but he plays like himself. A, a, <laughs> he plays a a heart a uh, you know a heartbroken detective. But it's ironic because although there aren't women in that movie that he has like scenes with or anything, that movie is when it gets brought up where females of the horror genre love him. Every time it's like Tom Atkins, it's Halloween three, and it's Night of the Creep. Something about him being angry with a with a cigar and drinking. And all that machismo, yeah, all that machismo is just like that. Like Tom Atkins literally defines like sexuality for men, like in the horror genre. Like he is like the like Tom Atkins is a motherfucking man. Let's put it that way. That's a man's man right there. It's funny. I'll I'll go back to my Sopranos reference since I've been watching it. Tony always brings up whatever happened to Gary Cooper. (laughs) <laughs> I, I kind of feel well whatever happened to a tom atkins kind of guy <laughs> yeah exactly exactly nowadays if people wear mustaches you know you get called a kitty diddler a lot of, <laughs> you a freddy krueger dog yeah a lot of days you know, when people wear mustaches it's like oh it's weird it's weird and only a few people can actually pull off the stash honestly you know but some people look you look at it and you're like yo they look ridiculous other people you're like yo it belongs with them tom atkins i can't picture him without it like the stash is it like everybody's drawn into that i am drawn to that mustache (laughs) oh so i think uh now i think it's time to get into burn and learn the segment of our show where we fill you in on some behind the scenes facts about our movie and discussion in this case halloween 3 season of the witch oh As John mentioned, Jamie Lee Curtis makes a cameo in the film. She, uh, it's a voice cameo. She's the uh, phone operator Tom Atkins keeps talking to when he's making outgoing calls. Everyone's favorite jingle, the Silver Shamrock song used in the film, stole the beat from London Bridge's Fallen Down because it was in public domain. The Witch, Pumpkin, and Skull Mask were mass-produced and sold in retail stores to promote the film by Don Post Studios, who actually used the original molds of the masks from the film for their reproductions. The town Santa Mira was also the town used in the film Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956. Despite the film tanking, the novelization actually sold a lot of books in 1982 and became a bestseller, and it was later reprinted two years later in 1984. The gas station in Halloween 3 is also the gas station in the fog. The Silver Shamrock Factory was set in a paper pulp factory. Joe Dante of Gremlins and the Howling fame was originally supposed to direct Halloween 3. It took visual effects designer, uh, the visual effects designer, almost a month to complete the background of the opening title of the film. Garn Stevens, who played Marge Gutman in Halloween 3, was actually married to Tom Atkins at the time. Nearly every henchman of Cochran's was cast through the extras casting. Nigel Neal, who wrote the film, had his name taken off the film after seeing how violent it was. He actually sued the production. Well, that's ridiculous. Uh, that film being violent in a Halloween, I guess he didn't expect it to be a slap. I guess because he was like, oh, it's not going to be Michael Myers, so it won't be brutal. And he... I don't know. I don't know what he expected, but I mean, and a lot of it was robots getting killed and, and orange juice for blood. So what? This kid had watched the TV thing, his head caved in, and bugs came crawling out. Whatever. I mean, I don't. That, I don't know how that's offensive to anybody. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into talking to Stacy Nelkin and pick her brain a bit. All 
Our guest today has nearly 50 roles under her belt in the industry. And to you listeners, you all you all know her as Ellie from Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Welcome, Stacey Nelkin. Thank you for being on High on Horror. Ah, thanks so much for having me. How are you? I, I'm great. Thank you for taking the time. We know you're busy. Uh, thank you so much. My pleasure. <laughs> uh, okay, so first off, I wanted to—I—I uh, I watched an interview with you on Ice Creams, and I'm, I want to jump right into this. Um, you had said that uh, you were traumatized by The Exorcist for a month after you watched it. That movie—that mm-hmm. movie messed me up as well. Could you share like your experience with that? How like how that went down? Um, well, you saw the movie, so you know <laughs> you know as well as I do. It's just very scary—the head turning, the. The voices coming out of her, it was all uh, way more than I could handle at the time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I, I agree. That that kind of happened with me as well. Um, when I was like 12, I watched it, and it was like an entire summer. I was sleeping with the lights on. I was so scared yeah. that there was there was <laughs> right. there was there was shadows of tree branches on my parents' wall at night from like the moon hitting the tree in the front yard, and I was seeing Reagan's face like in the shadows. I was so scared of everything because of that movie. Right, and when I right. saw when I saw that you were scared, I had to ask you what your experience with that was because <laughs> you're our yeah. third guest now that has been messed up by that movie. Yeah, it w- it was just uh, more more than I could handle at that age. Uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a really here. good movie, and I think because it was not, it was sort of based in in some reality, you know, and the actors were amazing in it. So, uh, you know, it 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 wasn't like a lot of the horror films are today that are really. Um, not very realistic so um that one just seemed much more plausible and then then all the scary shit was going on with her head turning around and her spitting pea soup out and you know all that so yeah anyway yeah i i I agree yeah um like i said that movie messed me up Mm -hmm. i grew up in a christian household and that that was part of the reason it messed me up so much um but uh yeah let's jump into your career real, real quick um I just wanted to ask you, uh, was there an actress that you looked up to or idled that made you want to be an actress? Oh, wow. There are so many. Um, I, I was in love with Natalie Wood, um, Elizabeth Taylor. Um, th- those were Audrey Hepburn. Those were the, those were the big ones. Um, and I came this close. I met, I met Natalie Wood. Well, I didn't meet her. We saw each other and said hello on, um, she was shooting the last film she was doing with Christopher Walken um, on, was it on the Universal lot? It was on one of the lots, Warner Brothers. One of those lots, I was coming from an audition and she was walking with her makeup artist. Um, and she was wearing flippers. She had just come out of some water scene or something. And she you know, pointed and she was like, she's so cute. And I I could see her saying that to her, the makeup artist guy. And I said, oh my God, I love you. But at the time, um, I was dating Perry King and Perry had done a TV movie with her and they were friends. And Perry was scheduled to do a play with her at the Amundsen Theater um, right before she 
died, like literally right before. We were invited to her. She apparently had these big New Year's parties. And I was so excited. I was finally going to get to really legitimately meet her that way. And um, and I, and I then she passed away that Thanksgiving, you know. Oh, that's um, a shame. But uh, she was somebody I really thought was amazing, you know. And, and of course, Elizabeth Taylor. And yeah. Good question. Because, you know, in those days, yeah, there were big stars, you know, that you would look up to. <laughs> so. And uh, I know you said uh, that The Exorcist scared you. Now that you've been in a horror movie, was did that make it any better for you watching horror movies? Nope. I still don't watch them. I don't like them. I don't watch them. <laughs> I don't like getting scared. I think life can be scary and challenging enough. I don't want to, I, I don't find that entertaining. But I'm also somebody who doesn't like roller coasters. I don't like getting scared by those kind of things. You know, I, I like excitement, but not that kind of excitement. So how did you become involved with Halloween 3? Oh, it's a long story that I'm sure you guys have heard, but I'll tell it again. Um, I, I'm going to bring up Perry King again because I was dating Perry who had just left his wife and he was living with a makeup artist who um, was the makeup artist for the last convertible that Perry and I met on. And Pe uh, Ron Walters, the makeup artist, Ron Walter, was already scheduled to be the makeup artist for Halloween 3. And he kept telling me, you know, they, hey, they haven't found the lead girl. You might be interested. And I'm like, ah, no. I wasn't interested in doing a horror film. Um, and because, as I said, I didn't, I don't, I don't like to get scared. I wasn't, I like comedies. I, it wasn't my kind of thing. And, um, and they were getting closer and they still hadn't found anybody. And Ron said, why don't you just read the script? So uh, my agent's. Uh, I was with CAA at the time. They got me a copy of the script, and I read the script, and I loved the part of Ellie. And I said, oh, I can do this. This this looks fun, you know, at least the part. I wasn't thinking about all the horror stuff around it, but I liked the character. I liked her a lot. And I went in to read, um, and literally as I was coming home from the audition, Entering my apartment, the phone was ringing, and that was my agent saying, they loved you, you got the part. Which, you know, never happens. <laughs> Things like that where you get it. And I think the next day I was doing, you know, makeup, going over to the Don Post studio and and making the, the death mask and the, the mask of my arm and, you know, so that I could be decapitated and lose my arm and all of those fun things. And and we started shooting like two days after that. I mean, that's how down to the wire they were. So in part, I don't think wow. it's because I wowed them so much as that they were desperate. <laughs> but anyway, that's how that happened. Uh, was there anything specific you wanted to bring to the role of Ellie? Um, I, What I really saw in Ellie was just this kind of spunk and this little bit of humor I wanted to bring to um, 
Yeah, I think those two things. And uh, how did you feel about her outcome? Because I, I kind of would have liked to have stayed with Dr. Chalice, played by Tom Atkins, till the end instead of being the android. Um, you know, in retrospect, yes, of course, I would like that too. Because then I could have been in the next sequel and whatever they've done. <laughs> but, um, and, you know, nobody wants to die or have their head cut off and their arm cut off and become a, a robot or whatever I became. But, you know, that was how it went. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, in most of the films I've done, I survived. So that was, uh, you know, that wasn't quite surviving there, was it? Although we never know really what happened to Ellie. You know, I mean, because I was a robot, just because my head got cut off and, and my arm, you know, things could have regenerated. You never know. Right? That's true. <laughs> Anything's possible. Absolutely. Uh, did you have any favorite memories from on set? Um, you know, I think... I think the most bizarre and interesting thing we shot was was literally when my when my head came off um, and my head is, you know, over there on the grass and I'm lying here and I'm looking at my head there. They they built um, we did all of that on a soundstage and. Um, this is before green screen and all of those kind of easy digital fixes. You know, this was more like old school where they had to be creative and use their heads and figure out a way to do this. And so they built a platform that was, um, I don't know, it was probably about two feet, two feet deep. And it was covered with grass and dirt, so it looked like the outside. And they had a hole where um, I had crawled under. My head pops up like a like a like a whack a mole. I'm there, and they had my body double, you know, four feet away, with her head down another hole and covered with the grass everywhere. She could really couldn't see anything, and to be having my head up and looking over at this girl, at this body, this, the stunt double literally had same body type wearing the outfit that I'd been wearing at the end of the film, which was now for several weeks. So every time I look down, that's what I'm seeing. Um, it was very trippy to, to have had that experience because it literally look like my body over there. So um, I thought that was such cool movie making, you know, um, because it was before, as I said, before all of the quick, easy fixes with, you know, green screen stuff. So it was, that was very cool and very, um, very resourceful of them, you know, Tommy Lee. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, Tom, Tommy Lee Wallace is is great, great with props. Yep, yep, good brain. He's a musician, smart guy. 
Now, Halloween 3, when it first came out, was pretty much universally panned. Even as a kid, I was like, this doesn't make sense. But now it's everybody's kind of recognized that it's a good movie on its own, separate from the Michael storyline, and it's yeah. one of my favorite horror movies, period. Uh, how, yeah. how has that been, seeing the perception of the movie change over the years? Oh, it's been amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's... It was it was one of those films that I really enjoyed making, um, and like you said, it came and it went you know from the movie theaters within days, if not hours. I mean, it was it was before you blinked, it was gone from the theaters, which was not surprising because you know there were all these other big blockbuster kind of movies. Um, and so I just thought nothing of it. It wasn't a movie I ever particularly talked about or thought about. And then about 20 years ago, I found, you know, all these fans started building more and more and more and more. It's, a, it's an extraordinary, amazing kind of thing. I mean, you guys were probably not even born when it came out, right? I mean, right? So it's just, it's just found this incredible following. It's mind-blowing because it's something, as I said, that, it, you know, that was completely put away in my head. I mean, nobody thought anything. That was like done. Okay, next. Yeah, so I've done a bunch of things that nothing came from it. And this was probably the last movie that I would have thought of all the films I'd done and things I'd done that would have found some kind of following like this. And it's, I love surprises like that. It's kind of cool. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, did Tom Atkins uh, ever give you any advice on set about acting or the business? Oh, um, no, not really. I mean, I had been acting probably as long as he had at that point, because I started as a teenager. Um, but, and I, you know, he probably actually started young too. Um, not, not really. I mean, I, and I certainly at that point was working a lot and wasn't, um, I, I didn't know who Tom was. Um, Tom's an extraordinary actor, but you know, it wasn't like I was, uh, it wasn't like I was working with, I, I don't know, Robert Redford or Paul Newman, where you go, Oh my God, tell me what was that? <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, Tom was an incredibly generous actor and, uh, and still is to this day, you know, when we do these conventions together, he's. He's so gracious and such a gentleman, um, and he's really he really is talented. When I watch the movie again, and I've seen it more times than I ever thought I would <laughs> in this lifetime, um, you know he's he's amazing in it. He's so good. He's so good, and I love to see him at these conventions because he's got you know lines down the block. And, and young guys like your age are just so excited <laughs> to meet him because he's done all these things and he's such a hero to them. He's, he's, he's the man. We love him. <laughs> what? 
He's the man. We love him. Yeah, exactly. And he was kind of like the anti-hero hero, you know? Mm-hmm, absolutely. In, in most of the characters he's played. And he's just, he, and he's like that in real life. He's kind of self-deprecating and just kind of, you know, <laughs> and he's just a great guy. He really yeah, is. He, he is a class act. He's a very nice guy. Yes, uh, John right? and I have met him. He's very cool. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, does the Silver Shamrock song ever get stuck in your head when you watch the film? Oh, how could it not? <laughs> I mean, that's that's the idea. It's like it's like eating a potato chip. You can't fucking stop. And it just doesn't stop. It just gets in that groove there, right? And it's just, you're off to the races with that. It's going to be hours <laughs> before you get that out of your head. Thank you, Tommy Lee. He did that, you know. Yeah, my mom's never seen Halloween 3, but she knows the Silver Shamrock jingle. She does? Wow. (laughs) Funny. Uh, Well, what do you think happened at the end of the film? At the end of the film, uh, Tommy Lee Wallace and Tom Atkins are on record as saying that they think that the commercial was pulled and it was a happy ending. Do you think that that's what happened or do you think that the uh, commercial went uninterrupted? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You know, that is, that's a really good question. Thank and you. And it's something I, <laughs> you get paid the big bucks for, for those questions, huh? Um, you know, I never, I never really thought of that, except it's so dark at the end that I think it just keeps going. I, I don't think it, the commercial gets pulled at all. And especially with Tom screaming, stop it, stop it. And the music getting louder and louder and don't, don't, you know, no, I, I think it's the, the beginning of the end of destruction. I think that's it. We're done. And the that, that's great done. that you say that. That's great that you say that. Cause that's what me and John think too. Like watching yeah. the film, we were, we were kind of surprised that, uh, Tom Atkins and Tommy Lee Wallace said that it ended happily to them. Cause I'm thinking that did not, I don't see how that goes happily to me. Like that ended very dark, as you said. They said it ended happily? Yeah, they think they said their interpretation is that the commercial gets interrupted and that it's yeah. like a happy ending. And I just oh, I wow. never saw it that way watching it. I, I never I never saw it that way either. I and I did not know they said that. I need to have a a discussion with these gentlemen because <laughs> I I'm missing something then or we're all missing something. Or they're missing something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I would, I would have to agree. I've always thought that the commercial just kept going. Yeah. yeah, and then it's very dark and unrelenting, and nothing good's coming from it. Yeah. And uh, we just wanted to thank you for being on today. Halloween 3 is one of our favorite horror movies, and it's a pleasure just to talk to you. Oh, thanks for having me on, and I love... That it's one of your favorite horror films. That's awesome. Thank you for taking the time. I love that. Thanks for guys like you that keep it going, honestly, you know. Thank you, and uh, take care. You guys, too. Uh, It was great talking to you. Be well. Take care. Thanks for having me on. Good night. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks to all the horror hats. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why well, you got a burp directly in the mic while I'm trying to wrap this shit up? <laughs> My bad. I didn't know you was recording. <laughs>
I mean, you sit in front of the mic, come on. Any, anyway, thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. And thanks again for Stacy Nelkin for joining us. Drew and I both love Halloween 3 and we're glad it's finally getting the respect it deserves. I would have liked to have seen Halloween take the anthology route and maybe avoid some of those later Halloweens in the series. Join us next week when we talk with super host, writer, and director Brandon Christensen. It's available now on Shudder. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and now on TikTok at HighOnHorror420. You can email us at HighOnHorror420 at gmail.com. Make sure to check out our website, HighOnHorror.com, and sign up for our newsletter. And you can have the newest episode and guest announcements delivered straight to your inbox. And thanks, as always, to Josh for our theme and for producing our episode. Well, that'll about wrap her up. Catch you later. Bye, everybody.